0: Welcome to the LU Moment. Thanks for listening. I'm Shelly Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week, we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. As of Tuesday, July 21, 2020, we have had 29 members of the LU community test positive for COVID-19 since March of this year. And we are now in phase three of our return to campus operations. In this phase, most buildings are open and the majority of staff are now working on campus. Students are still attending all classes in an online format during the summer. For the fall semester, however, classes will be offered online, face-to-face, on campus, and in a hybrid combination of these, depending on the course. Face coverings are required in all buildings on campus. And we are returning to campus and gearing up for the fall, uh, roughly 2,100 students will be moving into our residence halls August 13th through 16th in a staggered, uh, scheduled process. Mm-hmm. Students will be given an option of online learning and then the, the face-to-face or the hybrid or both, and um, all, everything that we are are, um, implementing for our return is on our website at www.lamar.edu forward slash return. So uh, really possibly every question you could ever have about Lamar returning to campus is on that website. Hey, a big shout-out to ExxonMobil and Chevron Phillips for making two of LU's College of Engineering popular summer camps possible, even in our virtual world. Thirty-eight kids in seventh through twelfth grade participated in the online sessions. ExxonMobil sponsored the Lamar Introduction to Engineering for seventh and eighth graders, and they, the kids got to complete an engineering experiment which was a lot of fun, and Chevron Phillips sponsored the project engineer for 9th through 12th graders, and this year, the campers were given a personal robot kit, and LU Robotic Cardinals Club team walked campers through building and programming the robot. On the final day, employees from Chevron Phillips joined the call to talk to the students about careers in engineering. We've got some great photos of everything that happened during these engineering camps, lots of uh, parents took pictures of their kids doing the project next to the computer, and it was it was as successful as it could be in a virtual world. We so look forward to offering these things in the future, face to face. But you know, we're we're thankful to Chevron Phillips. Uh, for funding the project engineering for the second consecutive year, and for ExxonMobil funding the Lamar Introduction to Engineering. We really appreciate that. And, you know, we're committed to providing STEM outreach opportunities to the community, whether on campus or virtually, and the College of Engineering is going to announce more events for the school year. So, um, you know, stay tuned. We'll announce those here, and um, hopefully it will be face-to-face, but we have proven We can certainly do it virtually as well. We're continuing our Nerdy Professor Series this week on the LU Moment. This week's professor was chosen, really, he got recognized for his uh, work on the Jason Project. Some of the students um, really got engaged with uh, Dr. Joseph Kruger. uh, I guess, Dr. Kruger, you have a love for experiments, is that right?
1: Oh, yeah, most certainly.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. And uh, so you work in the Department of Earth and Space Sciences. Talk to us about what you do at Lamar and what you teach.
1: Well, at Lamar University, uh, basically I do several things. I teach, I do research, I do service work. But the teaching I do is primarily uh, geophysics. Uh, geographic information systems, and uh, just general geology is, uh, is what I teach. I'm also gonna, going to be teaching a GPS class, which is uh, basically Global Positioning System, which uh, you probably you, you know, know about using your cars and stuff to help you navigate. Uh, but that's basic teaching in terms of research. Uh, essentially, most of my research is geophysical research. And uh, I do research, um, really the most stuff that I've been doing most recently has been uh, trying to measure the amounts of subsidence that we have, or the amount of sinking of the ground that has been going on in southeast Texas. And that's critical in terms of understanding flood hazards, and in terms of understanding... Uh, potential for, um, you know, breaks in the ground and uh, hurricane storm surge and things like that. So that's my primary um, or most recent uh, research projects. But I've also done research in terms of uh, trying to use geophysics to understand what's going on in the deep crust. Uh, Basically, the crust is the outermost portion of the Earth. And um, I use geophysical techniques to help me understand the type of rocks that are below the surface.
0: Okay, let's go back to this. I'm very interested in the, the sinking of the Earth in Southeast Texas. Do we have that going on?
1: Oh, yes, most definitely. It's, it's not as bad as in areas, of let's say, uh, around Houston or around, uh, you know, Louisiana as you get closer to the, uh, to the Delta there. But we do have subsidence. Um, it's basically, you know, we, we measure, you know, because we're scientists, we measure in uh, the metric system. And so what we're looking at is essentially, um, you know, up to 15 millimeters per year, which sounds very minor, but if yeah. you take that and you extend it over a period of 50 years or so, it can be quite substantial.
0: Yeah, and what, is, what does that mean long-term for our area? I mean, does it, does it, um, does it mean, I guess, more flooding, obviously, but, but, but long-term, what are the, what are, what's the impact?
1: Well, longer term, the impact is essentially, as you said, uh, the potential for more flooding. But really, the, the areas that are subsiding are basically in the areas of greater danger. Uh, you have uh, basically storm surge you have to worry about coming in. Uh, And you have a greater chance for having deeper water in those areas. So you need to uh, basically, uh, people that make floodplain maps need to understand this. It also has implications for surveyors. When they go out and they use the survey markers, to survey flood levels, yeah, they have to basically um, make sure that they're, you know, that has been accounted for, the subsidence has been accounted for, or else they're going to get inaccurate elevations. Now
0: you uh have you always been a scientist did you Did you grow up knowing that you were a scientist? When did it occur to you in your life that you were you were on the the science oriented side
1: <laughs> Very early in my life uh, <laughs> at about eight yeah, yeah, my mom thought I was crazy uh, at about eight years old, yeah, I had a big old dirt pile in the back, and I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and I had a yeah. big old dirt pile in back, and I like spending most of my time out there. Uh, but I I bring in uh, little pieces of gravel here and there, and make you know, put them in a little eggshell carton, and get a little book, try to identify them. So yeah, early on I was uh, I was pretty nerdy when it comes to that. But um, what really um, you know psyched me up to being a geologist was actually going outdoors. Uh, we live close to Niagara Falls, so we'd go there often. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls is beautiful. Uh, rocks are yeah. well exposed there. But we'd also go to the Allegheny Mountains, so that's uh, pretty much set it off right there. Is when I knew I wanted to be a geologist.
0: Uh, what's the most interesting project you've ever worked on, and maybe the most um, the proudest moment? What are, what are some of the projects that you've really been engaged in?
1: Well, I think uh, one of the the projects that I'm most proud of is the the one that we had talked about uh, uh, previously, which is the subsidence study. The reason I'm proud about that is that we got a a National Science Foundation grant to do that. And the National Science Foundation grant was a little different than maybe a lot of grants. Uh, It was called the stair-step grant. And uh, basically, this allowed me to hire um, at-risk and underrepresented students in the sciences. Mm. And so we basically hired uh, those students to go out, and I trained them how to gather the data for that project. And they went out in the field, gathered that data, and uh, had a great time doing it. And so uh, that's really, you know, the, the proudest I am. And then the other thing I'm proud about with my students is that uh, this grant uh, encouraged them to actually write um, abstracts and present their findings at the uh, national meetings and regional meetings, and uh, a lot of my students did that, so I'm very, very proud of them, let's put it that way.
0: That is great, when we can pull those students in and they can get real-world experiments um, and experience. So what, what are students who um, go into earth sciences, what do they do um, in work? Where, where are they employed, and, and what kind of jobs do they hold?
1: My goodness, they, they are in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, around here you might understand people that get into the geosciences will typically do exploration uh, for oil and gas company. Uh, but, you know, we understand that is in the wane, you know, waning right now, but there's a lot of other jobs, uh, environmental jobs. They can work for state agencies. They can work for the, you know, U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, there is basically now um, we're getting into um, geographic information systems and really pushing that. We have a new program in that. Uh, We have a master's in geospatial sciences, and we've got new GIS certificate programs going on. And so we are training these students to be able to use this in, in a variety of different places that use geographic information systems.
0: Well, and really implementing new programs as the workforce demands it, right? I mean, these are um, these are programs and, and um, skills that are needed out in the workplace, right?
1: That is correct, and it's it's not only for the geoscience students, but uh, other people can come in and and you know take the courses for the GIS certificate programs as well. Got it.
0: Okay. So, what do you what do you do in your free time? What are some of your your favorite hobbies and, and recreational activities?
1: Well, I love walking my dogs. Um, I love going out and walking along the beach, uh, going to uh, big thicket and areas like that, and just you know taking nice long walks. I also enjoy photography, and so I I do that quite a bit. And then. Of course, watching movies. These days, it's pretty much uh, just staying at home, watching, <laughs> watching films on Netflix or, you know, whatever streaming uh, we can get.
0: Have you binge-watched anything uh, during the pandemic? I know everybody's got their favorite binge.
1: <laughs> yeah, mine was Dark. Uh, it's the German film, and it's a time travel uh, type thing. It's, it's kind of like a time travel soap opera, really. Uh, it's, it's wonderful because uh, they take and they show how, you know, if you had time travel from, from you know, uh, present time to past or present to future, how that can affect the whole cycle of what's going on in relationships and uh, people's lives
0: interesting so you're a sci-fi lover which is another sign of a nerd
1: i gotta say (laughs) yes most definitely
0: what about video games you play any video games
1: no i don't play video games i spend so much time on the computer as it is i like to take a break for from it when i get home
0: what about comic books are you into comic books
1: I was when I was younger. Um, I, you know, Batman, Superman, all that kind of stuff. You know, right now, it's, it's mainly just settling down and just uh, watching movies. You know, of course, I'm a, a Star Trek fan and uh, Star Wars and, uh, you know, all that stuff.
0: Okay, so I know, I know this semester is going to be uh, really different, and we're all, just, you know, we're all just making the most of it. How, what are some of the things that you're going to do? What are some things you're implementing um, in your teaching? Are you doing online? Are you doing classroom? Are you doing a hybrid? What are some of the innovative things that you're doing um, to teach your courses?
1: Well, what I've decided to do, uh, our, our courses that we teach for our majors are, are relatively small, and I'm teaching them in a relatively large uh, uh, computer lab. And so we can socially distance relatively easily. So those are face-to-face, unless, of course, we're required to go online. Um, And then for my larger courses, my uh, physical geology course, uh, I am teaching a hybrid. So they'll be coming in half. Uh, Half the class will be coming in one day uh, of the week, and the other half will be coming in the other day of the week. Oh,
0: that's perfect. Perfect. I know we've talked about it, Lamar, um, you know, we can teach classes in the, in the ballroom, some of these big classes where we can very easily social distance and uh, make sure that everybody is safe. We're just going to do everything we can to, you know, ensure everyone's safety. What's the first thing you're going to do after this pandemic that you have not been able to do, Dr. Kruger?
1: What I'd, like to do, what I'd like to do is be able to go up to Canada and visit my daughter. She has been uh, working there for a while. And um, she works for a Texas company, but uh, she does consulting work up there. But I would love to be able to get up there uh, to Canada. We went up uh, a few summers ago, well, not this summer, but last summer, to uh, to basically go uh, go hiking up there in the, in, the, in the ranges there and go visit. But I'd love to go up there and see her again.
0: Yeah, I think we're all ready to travel. We're all ready to uh to uh, get out of our our, our box, you know, that we've been, (laughs) just the square from work to home to grocery store to work to home to grocery store again.
1: um, (laughs) we got to get out of that. Yeah, I agree. Well,
0: I think that you have definitely qualified um, as a nerd. We're glad to have you there on the Lamar <laughs> University campus and appreciate you taking the time to visit with Dust here on the LU Moment. You'll have to come back um, in non-pandemic times and tell us more about what's going on in uh, your courses. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you so you- much. Yeah, thank you for listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University, the pride of Southeast Texas.